evening. I'm October Weeks, paranormal horror dark fantasy author. I also write paranormal romance with the name Libby Bishop. Welcome to Haunted October's Paranormal Podcast. Grab your favorite drink, cozy up around the campfire, and enjoy the show. So before I get into tonight's subject, which is vampires, um, <laughs> I just want to say that I've um, been keeping true to blogging more, and I've blogged every day for the last few days. And I'm gonna. I'm hoping to keep that a tradition. Um, to do one blog a day. Now, realistically, I may not be able to do that, but at the very least, no less than five blogs a week. But I am aiming for every day, and so far, I am doing that. <laughs> um, so I'm pretty happy. So if you want to read those blogs. You can either go to my website and follow that link, or you can go to hauntedoctober.wordpress.com, and that'll take you directly to the blog. Also, in author news, um, my writing is going spectacularly well. Um, I have made huge progress on um, both the next St. McGinnis book as well as the next Sierra Madden book and also the next Eden Hollow book. Um, so I'm very excited about all of this. <laughs> and um, if you want to keep up with that news, it's on the blog as well as well as I, um, TikTok and Instagram. Now, on to vampires. So if you do follow my TikTok, you'll have seen um, last week that I was talking about vampires and how irritated I tend to get um, when authors treat them like they're um, humans with fangs. And what I mean by that is physically, okay? We're not talking about anything else except their physicality and their powers as vampires. Nothing, and I do mean nothing. Like I said in that TikTok video, <laughs> will kick me out of a story fast enough than treating them like there's nothing special than them except they have fangs and they drink blood like nothing irritates me more and I know this maybe because I've done a lot of research into the mythology and the lore about vampires and that may be the issue but it really irritates me when they're treated like okay they have fangs and they drink blood and they can't come out in the daytime it annoys me I don't know why Again, other than the fact that maybe I've done too much research into the, you know, lore and stuff, but it just, it annoys me. <laughs> and nothing will kick me out of a book faster. Um, and then the video after that on my TikTok was about Dracula, because I just had to touch base on him, the book version. We're just talking about the book, book version. We're going to be getting to the movies. I do not for the life of me. Just to summarize what was in that video, it, it, it just annoys the hell out of me when people refer to Dracula as a romantic character. Okay. As Bram Stoker wrote him, Dracula was nothing. There was nothing romantic about him. Okay. I don't, I don't understand how people draw that comparison. Like, what book are you reading? What book are you reading where it's romantic? I mean, did you skip over the rape of Lucy? Or everything that happened to Jonathan at the castle? And we're, I mean, 
And just really, did you not read exactly what he did to Mina in those scenes? That was supernatural rape. Okay, there was nothing romantic about his interactions with Mina at all. And we are not, and I mean we are not going to get into the abuses on his three brides. There is just absolutely 100% nothing romantic about this character as Bram Stoker wrote him. Now, you know, in later books, people made him out to be more romantic and they lessened the monster that he was in Bram's, Bram Stoker's original novel. And that's fine. That's that Dracula. That, that is their version. But we're talking specifically about Bram's work. And I don't understand how anybody can say he's romantic after actually reading the book and reading the monster that he actually was and it just it baffles me totally baffles me and uh, you know i understand because he's a vampire and um you know there's this lost love story and he's got this supernatural power to seduce and reel in his prey that might seem romantic, but it's not. It's, it's not a romantic feature. <laughs> now, this goes for the movies as well. Like, all the way back to the original um, Universal Monster movies, all the way down the line of every Dracula movie ever made. And my personal favorite Dracula is Christopher Lee. I love him as Dracula. He is 100% my favorite. However, there is nothing in those movies that's romantic either. Especially, and I pointed this out in my TikTok as well, is that um, Francis Ford Coppola's version of Dracula that everyone's like, oh my god, it's so romantic. It's really, it's not. And again, what movie are you watching? Just like, what book are you reading? What movie are you watching? Because when I was watching Coppola's version, there, I, there was just nothing romantic about the vampire named Dracula. Nothing. It was supernatural rape. It was, you know, the manipulation, the seduction. Everything about Dracula is evil. He's not doing anything out of love. He's not wooing Mina to him because he loves her so much. Everything he does to Mina, Lucy, Jonathan, his brides, and everybody else that surrounds them, he's a monster. He is a monster in that movie. And everybody is entitled to their opinion. I don't mind debating. I love discussing everything that has to do with this subject. I love it. Um, especially with Dracula, but, and at least with Coppola's version, I can, if I push away certain aspects, I can see how people might regard it as a sweeping romance between, um, Dracula and Mina. I, but there's a reason it's horror. There's a reason <laughs> Dracula, the book, as well as the movies are horror. And it's because Dracula is the monster and he is not the nice monster so it baffles me when it comes to the book and the movies oh wait, all the way down the line 
how people view him as romantic. Now, I'm not talking about the spoofs, you know, the comedy ones, which I love as well. The genuine horror Dracula movies. I don't, I don't understand how someone views that and his actions towards the main characters and everyone around them, but especially those main characters and his brides, how people view that as some sweeping romance between Dracula and Mina. And I would love to hear everybody's opinion on it. So if you would like to share yours and um, your point of view, please leave a comment um, on any of my platforms um, where I post this and can dive into them on the next podcast. And since we're um, talking about the movies at the moment, I would like to say that I just saw Renfield with Nick Cage. I absolutely loved it. I loved everything about it. I thought it was excellent. I thought he made an awesome Dracula. I loved what he did with the character. And it is, I am gonna, I rented it at first because I wasn't sure how I was gonna feel about it. But I'm definitely gonna buy it because I absolutely loved it. And I know a lot of people had issues with it. They didn't think it was very good or that his portrayal wasn't very good. But I personally absolutely loved it. And I highly recommend it to any Dracula and Nick Cage fans. But watching Renfield actually got me watching um, some other vampire movies I haven't seen in a while. I watched Nosferatu from 1928, um, which I still love. I watched um, all of the Underworld movies, which are in the top three of my favorite vampire series. Um, I'm going to be re-watching the Blade series soon. I have to say something about that series though. I loved the first one and I absolutely loved the third one as well. Although the first one will always be my favorite. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the second Blade movie. And this has caused controversy amongst my friends because <laughs> they, they have a different opinion. But I personally, I have a hard time rewatching that one. So I might just watch the first and the third one. I also um, need to rewatch The Lost Boys, the original. I know that movie word for word and song for song. It's still one of my favorite soundtracks. Cry Little Sister is actually one of my favorite songs, I'm not gonna lie. I have watched, I have watched the other movies in the series. Um, I, I don't like any of them. <laughs> Although it was nice to see the Corys even even if it was just briefly. You know what I love about the Lost Boys? I'm gonna tell you what, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what I love about the Lost Boys. It's not just that the whole cast like nailed their roles, like epically nailed those roles, but even the ones that didn't have as much screen time, like um, for the vampires, Dwayne, Marco. Anyway, um, even though they didn't have, not so much they didn't have screen time, but that they didn't have um, a lot of lines, you still, felt the importance of that character, even though they didn't um, speak that much. God, I love that movie so much. Maybe I'll watch that tonight. <laughs> I might watch that before I go to bed. Because <laughs> now that I've talked about it, I must watch it. In terms of books, I did reread Interview with a Vampire by Anne Rice. and. You know, there's something about when you don't read one of your favorite books for a long while, and then you go back to it and you read it, and you're like, oh, 
That's why I love it. And you know, even after all this time, there's still little things I pick up that I didn't notice before. And I've read this book like probably well over a hundred times since high school. Um, my favorite in that series is actually um, A Tale of the Body Thief. And my other favorite is her shorter book, Pandora. I don't know what it is because by that time I was getting really wary of the series. Like I just, I wasn't enjoying it as much. And then on a whim, I bought Pandora when it came out and actually really liked it. And that's kind of the last one of the series that I really enjoyed. I also reread um, Bloodlines, which is the first by Scarlett Don Cameron. It's the first of the Demons of Oblivion series. And it also has Zara Lane, who is probably my favorite literary female vampire. I'm not joking. I love Zara so much. I will never get sick of reading her when she's narrating. I just, she's, oh, if you have not read those books, it's, again, it's the Demons of Oblivion series by Skylar Don Cameron. The first one is Bloodlines. Go read it. And I know I've recommended it a billion times, but if you haven't read it yet, please go, please do, because, oh, you're gonna love Zara. I promise you, you are going to love her. You should go read that book right now. And I also read Stormrise again, um, which I talked about in my Urban Fantasy podcast, which I believe was two podcasts ago. Actually, I talked about both Skyla and Sky Measley on my um, Urban Fantasy podcast, but we're going to talk about them again because I love their books and um, we're talking about vampires. <laughs> so Stormrise is the first book in the Storm Chronicles series by Sky Neasley. I very highly recommend that one too. The main character in the Storm Chronicles is Raven Storm, whom I also love. Um, she's another of my favorite vampire main characters. Well, she's half vampire, but she's totally kick-ass. So go read Stormrise as well. Another recommendation I'm going to give you is to read Blood Groove and Girls with Games of Blood by Alex Bledsoe. I believe Blood Groove came out in 2012. It should have gotten more publicity. I re it's a really good book. I highly recommend it um, for anyone who loves vampires to give that book a try. Um, and again, they're by Alex Bledsoe. And if you have any recommendations for vampire books, um, on the more on the horror, urban fantasy side of things, please do leave your recommendations in the comments because I am always looking for a good vampire book. That does include romance ones. I think the first vampire romance I ever read was in the mid 90s. I was like a June, maybe no, maybe I was a sophomore in high school. It was Midnight's Kiss by Nancy Gideon. And then shortly after, I just started reading like a bunch of vampire romances on top of reading vampire horror. <laughs> you know, here I am reading Salem's Lot by Stephen King, which is like my number one favorite vampire book of all time. And at the same time, I'm reading um, Midnight Kiss. <laughs> and like, I don't even know. There was so many books that I went through that were vampire romances. And then I stopped reading vampire romance for a little while. And then someone suggested I read Dark Prince by Christine Feehan, um, the first in her Dark series. And 
I did fall in love with that series. I don't read it anymore. I think the last time I read a dark book was Dark Slayer. And that was way, that was several, several books ago. Um, but Dark Slayer was actually one of my favorite of the series. And the other favorite was Dark Celebration. I don't read vampire romance much anymore because I kind of, everything, they all sort of started blending um, into the same book with different character names for me. So it's hard for me to find a really good vampire romance. One of my favorites is um, Cat and Bones by Janine Frost, her um, Night Hunters series. I know that she's also listed under urban fantasy, but I've always found her to be more paranormal romance. And um, her books are some of my favorite to this day. Talking about the romance books that I've liked and I haven't even touched the surface of them, there are some wonderful vampire romances. But it loops back to the beginning when I was talking about how annoyed I get with books and like a quick way to kick me out of it is to treat your vampires physically like they are still human because they are not human and um a lot what i love about the romances that i just mentioned were that they still were vampires they were still dangerous beings they still had powers beyond what a human does and they're well written which i love but now a lot of the vampire books that I try to find in the romance side of things, they're just humans with fangs. So when you're recommending romance, vampire romance books to me, remember that. <laughs> remember that I cannot stand vampires that are treated like they're still human, but have fangs and drink blood. That goes like across the board, horror, urban fantasy, paranormal romance. Because one other thing that I forgot to mention back at the beginning, but since we're looping back around, um, the whole physical part also includes like, you know, these are beings, some of them can glide, some of them can fly, some of them um, have great speed, you know, they're faster and all we see is a blur, you know? And it really aggravates me <laughs> when I see and hear people refer to them as, oh, they fell from this great height and they should be dead. The, the you know, concrete isn't even dented. Well, why would it be? You're talking about beings that in legend, you know, in myth and lore can fall from the greatest height and land very safely on the bottom. As a matter of fact, they can glide right down and hover above the ground and they never make a footprint. And that is something that I really love about the first Underworld movie. When Celine jumps from the building, you know, at the very, very beginning, and she glides down, as does the partner that uh, jumps before her, glides right down, lands, pops right back up like it was nothing. That's what I love. That is a vampire ability. Because why, in my mind, 
and a lot of friends that I talk to who share my love of vampires. Why would you hold a vampire to the same biology and physical weaknesses as you would a human? Because they're not human. <laughs> they're not human. It just bugs me. It bugs me so much. Because like, I don't understand why in and across the, again across the board across genres across it all they're still not human they are physically not human they're going to survive things that humans can't their senses are far superior to ours especially their hearing their sense of smell and their eyesight so their strengths and weaknesses are not the same as ours. I also like to think of um, Moonlight, the TV series, which I absolutely love. It was like watching a vampire romance on screen. It was. Mm. I really am still pissed off that we didn't get a season two. Anyway, you know, take Mick. While he's still very human in his ways, physically, he's still different than a human, especially in regards to his senses and his strengths. Now he still has weaknesses, all vampires have weaknesses, but it was a balance between that still human side as well as the amped up vampire side. And that's the balance I need in my romances. And that is something that across the board should always be a thought in an author's mind or any writer's mind even screenwriters is vampires physically are not human they're not human and i absolutely love seeing um authors and writers have different screenwriters i mean they're different takes on the plethora of um there are so many different types of vampires <laughs> is what I'm trying to get out. And I love when authors and screenwriters take from that and, and mix it up like, you know, Stephen King's vampires in Salem's Lot differ from Anne Rice's Vampire Chronicles vampires. Those vampires are different than the vampires that you see in romance books. You know, some of them can see their reflection. Some of them can't. Um, some of them can't control their bloodlust. Some of them can. Um, some of them can eat food. Um, they get no nutrition from it, but they can still um, taste the food. They can still digest it. Um, not a lot of it, but they can still eat some human food. Um, others can shapeshift. Bats, wolves you name it they can shapeshift into it you know the vampires in from dust till dawn i friggin love the mythology of those vampires um all of these all of this huge mix that you can draw from these myths and these legends that you can draw from and and some people choose to just give them you be human with fangs i can't just can't with it like it drives me nuts <laughs> as i've said probably a million times in this podcast and there's no rule saying that so okay i have my tuck houston series um which has 
there are three the hierarchy of vampires is the strigoi and the strigoi ended up creating the vampire and then there's the damned and the damned are the ones that have forsaken sunlight for their bloodlust and they are just they're almost insatiable in their bloodlust they have to feed um whereas vampire feed but they have complete control of their bloodlust now the vampires in that series in the tuck series are different from the ones in the eden hollow series which includes um my billy shane series the first book being salt and iron um they're very different whereas tuck has three different types of vampires the eden hollow series the monster hunting series is um there's just one type of vampire so there's no there's nothing to say that you can you know you can write a story with vampires that are one way and you can still write a totally different vampire book aside from it and i hate that authors feel like once they've written vampires one way they can't create another series and um, create their vampires a different way it just that drives me crazy as well it drives me crazy as well um before i forget to mention it as well <laughs> i love john carpenter's vampires now i also read the book that that movie was based on and i actually really like the way the vampire lore is held and how vampires came into existence the, i can't name all my favorite um vampire movies we'd be here all night we'd be here all night um but one of the other ones I wanted to mention because I don't see it being talked about a lot is The Forsaken. I, you know, I didn't know if I was going to like that movie or not, but I actually love it. It's one of my favorites and I don't think it gets enough attention. And that bothers me, so I'm mentioning it. <laughs> Stakeland with um, Daniel Harris is another one of my favorites. Um, but, again... If I tried naming all my favorites, we'd be here all night. You know, 30 Days of Night is another one. I absolutely love Dracula Untold. Um, Vampire's Kiss with Nick Cage. Oh, and let's not forget Once Bitten uh, with Jim Carrey. <laughs> I love that movie. I don't know how anybody... It's the best freaking vampire comedy, I swear. And Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, the TV show as well, but the movie saw it when it came out and I remember thinking this is one of the best freaking things I've ever seen now the tv show I love the tv show and I love how they added um more supernatural creatures however I the movie holds an incredibly special place in my heart um it's like the lost boys for me where every actor and every piece of the story was just per epically perfect and now I'm going to force myself to stop naming my favorite movies and books. Or we've literally all night, all night, people. Um, I would love to hear your opinions on how, y on how you, I want to know how you feel, if I can get this out correctly. <laughs> I would love to know how you feel about vampires being just humans with fangs in terms of their physical abilities.
and their supernatural abilities. I'm not talking about personalities. <laughs> I'm talking, or if they're romantic leads or not. I'm just talking about the physical and supernatural powers that they have. When you're, and when authors or screenwriters take that away and make them seem as if they're just humans with fangs, does that bother you as much as it bothers me? And I would also love to know your opinions on Dracula, don't forget. I know I mentioned it back when we were talking about him, but it's been a little bit. So I want to know your opinions on whether or not you feel like he should be viewed as a romantic lead as Bram Stoker wrote him. So don't forget to add that in your opinions either. <laughs> and I am not going to do a tarot card reading t this night. Um, however, I did get a new tarot deck. And yes, I know I said I wouldn't, but I can't, I can't, okay, I can't help it. All right. Anyway, it's the Universal Monsters tarot deck. And the artwork is amazeballs. I love it. It's the old Universal Monsters. Oh, you guys, it's a beautiful deck and I'm still getting used to it. And I wish I had, I wish I was connected enough with it right now. Um, to do a tarot reading from it because this would be the perfect podcast to use it with but none of the other decks I have feel right for this podcast so I'm not going to do a tarot pull um, but I will on the next podcast I promise of course if you have any other comments or questions for me leave them um, in the comments and I will address them in the next podcast and until the next podcast thank you so so much for joining me and have a great evening